0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Ready
0: to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: Attention collectors of vinyl, have you ever gone into a record store and felt overwhelmed by all the unfamiliar options? Are you frustrated by the constantly increasing prices of classic rock staples? Do you avoid streaming music or long for the days when music was recommended to you by a friend instead of an algorithm? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then check out I'd Buy That for a Dollar a podcast about inexpensive, common, and underappreciated records that are waiting to be rediscovered. Each week, hosts Sean, Jeremy, and Peter discuss an album and the artist's history. Previous episodes include selections by the Isley Brothers, the Carpenters, the Doobie Brothers, and Donna Summer, among others. Become a Bargain Bin Pro and impress all your friends with cool music trivia Listen to I'd Buy That for a dollar wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, do you like uh, the Creative Control with Vish Khanna show? Do you like it enough to like it on Facebook? Well, there's a Facebook page now. A guy named Mike in uh, New Brunswick decided over the weekend to make a Facebook page for the podcast, so you should like it on there. Oh, and he also made a Twitter account for the show. I trust this guy. He's done stuff like this before. Uh, what could go wrong? The Twitter account for the Creative Control podcast at vish creative v-i-s-h k-r-e-a-t-i-v-e at vish creative so there you go facebook twitter you can do it now all right let's get to the show
0: creative control with vish
2: khan hey how you doing on this week's show david Yao and i have a nice long chat ...about his new solo record... ...Tonight You Look Like a Spider... ...and we get into some of uh, his work with his past bands... ...and what they might be up to... ...some of them, like the Jesus Lizard... ...and Scratch Acid... ...have uh, reunited over the last few years... ...and played uh, more shows together... ...and uh, we talked about that... ...we talked about a whole bunch of stuff... ...Jesus Lizard are featured in a new American Express commercial... ...for for a brief moment... ...we talked about that... ...we talked... ...we just talked... ...we just had a, a nice conversation... I'm happy to share that with you, and uh, before the end of the program, you'll, you'll hear a brand new song from David Yao's new record, Tonight You Look Like a Spider, and uh, it's, uh, it's a creepy kind of record, but I think you're going to like it if you're a fan of David Yao's, and even if you're not. Anyway, that's what's coming up on the program. Stick around, and listen to me and David Yao have a chat. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerati, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and, oh, man, the pizza. Personally... I like the gourmet de Mateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. I wash all that down with a brio. Man, it's unbelievable. I'm getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519 829 2444. They deliver. Or you can visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocadero.ca. That's T R O K A D E R O.CA. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. David Yao is a complicated man, but here are things I know about him. He used to live in Texas. He has sang in exhilarating, influential, and somewhat unsettling bands like Scratch Acid, The Jesus Lizard, and Cui, among others where he's proven to be one of the most charismatic and confrontational front men in rock music. He's a graphic design and visual artist. He's an actor. He has been very kind and perhaps even sweet to me uh, in interviews before. And he has a brand new, mostly instrumental and rather brilliant solo album called Tonight You Look Like a Spider, out now on Joyful Noise Records. I also know that he's on the phone with me now to talk about close to 58% of the things I just said. Uh, hello, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm well. It's nice to speak with you again. You en- you enjoyed my introduction, I could tell.
3: I did. I, I the, the charismatic part was that brought a tear to my eyes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is it weird hearing someone say you're charismatic? I think you are. I, I You know, when when I see the Jesus lizard or scratch ass or whoever I've seen, it's hard to take my eyes off of you, you, you and I'm not. I'm not saying anything untoward. I'm not trying to make you uncomfortable, but you're you're kind of an eye-catching guy. I want to pay attention to what you're doing.
3: Well, that's nice to hear. And uh, you know, you mentioned the acting. I've been doing a lot more of that. Uh, and recently, I've been downright busy with it. Um, and uh, uh, charisma has come up a few times, and so I'm really grateful to that. I, you know, I'm not. I'm certainly not. Ashamed of it or boastful, but uh, yeah. But it, it makes it, you it kind it, of crack. Yeah, it
2: makes you laugh. It makes you laugh a little bit. Sure. <laughs> well, I'm, it's, it's, my
3: false modesty.
2: Yeah, I, I think fans of your past work might be somewhat surprised by what you put together here on tonight. You look like a spider. Uh, can you maybe discuss what was your what was your vision for this record, and how did you how did it come to be?
3: Um, uh, um quite some time ago, I think in nineteen ninety eight. Um, I owned a house outside of Chicago at the time I was married, and my wife and I lived there. And I'm, I'm really dear friends with uh, Alexander Hacke, who plays bass or guitar, does all kinds of things with the uh, and Noiveltin, and also different projects with his wife Danielle. But uh, he had come to visit. I think he'd stay in the house for about two weeks, and and in that time, he showed me uh, the very, very most simple. Uh, uh, superficial uh, part of how to work Pro Tools and uh, I really enjoyed it and I was fucking around with that and um, then about a week later uh, Dwayne Dennison, who was playing with uh, Mike Patton in Tomahawk was in town and I met Mike I'd never met him before and he told me that he wanted me to make a solo record and that Ipecac was going to put it out Mm -hmm. and uh, I said okay well great and and so I started. I had actually started messing, making some songs already. They were the very first piece on the record. The opening suite was the first thing that I'd made, and it's kind of orchestral and stuff. And uh, then, you know, like what was that? About eight or nine years later, I finished doing it. And but and, and around that time. IPCAC was, because of the record com- record climate and the music biz climate, uh, IPCAC was no longer releasing new records by folks unless it was something Mike Patton had done or the Melvins had done, pretty much. Right. Which was perfectly understandable, and mm-hmm. I, there were no hard feelings for that. And so I just kind of blew it off. I thought, well, fuck it, I'm not going to... I don't need to put this thing out. And... um. <laughs> And then just sort of as a whim, a friend of mine was doing a record, Adam Harding was doing a record with Joyful Noise, and uh, I asked them if they'd be interested, and they said yes, and there you go. So,
2: Okay, so that that's sort of the, the history of the project. Did, did you actually play all of the music on this record?
3: Yes. The only thing that anybody else did was uh, there's a song in there called Senator Robinson's Speech, and um, one of my best dearest closest friends in this guy named jr robinson and uh he sent me an email once <clears throat> uh delineating very uh graphically and explicitly what he would do to me if he was a sort of bestiality loving homosexual <laughs> and it's, it's it's really gross i, I talked I'm talking about like raping me with the corpse of a macaque monkey and stuff like that uh-huh and um so I just took that email, and had the computer read it, and then I sort of fucked with the, you know, the way she was reading it to make it sound like a really bored woman.
2: Oh, that's not. So, uh, for some reason, I thought that was your voice. Not to suggest that you sound anything no. like a bored woman. I just thought I thought that was you.
3: No, that's uh, that's uh, the computer talking.
2: Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. The only
3: time you hear my voice is there's some whispering, and then that's me doing the English accent at the beginning of. The second song, the, the part about uh, "from my vantage point," right? That,
2: that, yeah. And that's uh, that's your way of employing acting.
3: <laughs> <Well>, acting, <actually, laughs> acting like I'm English. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yours. Not off. Speaking
2: of training, do you do you actually have any kind of musical training background? I, I don't know that I've come across this information in, in the past?
3: No, none at all. That's why the record is so weird, because I don't understand. I have, I have no concept of music theory at all. Considering I did music for over 20 years, I really, really don't know anything about it. I don't know uh, chords or anything like that. And so um, that's kind of why the record is kind of retarded in a lot of ways <laughs> like that. It's sort of, it's, I think it's a little bit analogous to the way children draw, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it's got ideas, but it's not very well focused because I don't really know how to focus the stuff. So, um,
2: so your 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 yeah. ability to play is just simply by taking up instruments and seeing what kind of noises you make with them.
3: Yeah, well, uh, predominantly most of the sounds on that record are MIDI, and with MIDI, you can on the computer you can physically pick up and relocate any note you want you can make any note you can make any note you want as long as you want it to be uh, at whatever velocity it is and uh you know so and but most of the midi sounds certainly back then sounded awful yeah but the string stuff like uh strings and uh timpani uh sound really good and so that's that's why a lot of it is so sort of um orchestral, or soundtracky, because uh, I can't play guitar, and MIDI guitar sounds terrible. Huh. Um, but uh, yeah, so but I really like the sound of the string stuff. So
2: that's interesting to me. You know, that, yeah, no, that that's cool. I just it's interesting to me because I I feel like at some point in my life I read a quote from Steve Albini, who you worked with quite a bit in the Jesus Lizard, saying something about how you were. Among the most musical people he's ever encountered. Maybe I'm misquoting him, but does that ring a bell?
3: That uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, golly! If if Steve said that, I uh, I question where that's coming from. Yeah, it, it
2: could be something I made up. Maybe I daydreamed it or something. But I swear I, I remember. Because you know, you know, at that at the at that point, you were the. You were singing in the band, and so well, yeah. I don't know who asked him or where it came up, but I, something, something in my head tells me that this is a true fact, that he said something like well,
3: this. you know, I wouldn't deny that I I have lots of ideas, and I had a lot of input in Scratch ass and the Jesus Lizard and Queen and stuff, but as far as actually playing an instrument or writing music or reading music, I can't do any of that.
2: Okay, okay. But but you've more than managed to create uh, really amazing music. Uh, beyond that, b- b- you know. Be-
3: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, yeah. A lot of the pieces on the on the record seem like they could be uh, scoring scenes in an off kilter movie or something. Did you do you view this music as cinematic per se?
3: Um, not that much when I was doing it. Although I was, um, I'm kind of a fan of Angelo Badalamenti, and I was listening to a lot of his stuff. And I think you can hear some of that. In there, there's the occasional thing like, "Oh, that sounds sort of Twin Peaksy or something." Uh-huh. But um, I think at the time I wasn't really thinking of it as cinematic. But since I finished it, uh, I'm, I'm well aware that it could work out on you a, a whole bunch of different uh, you know filmic scenarios. Yeah,
2: yeah, and 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 some of the music to me is kind of scary. Uh, are,
3: are you scary, David? Am I scared? I'm just ugly. <laughs> you've mentioned I scare children you know I'm trying to, I am try to be nice to children but they scream and run away
2: no come on that's not true you're not scaring children with your face are you
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe not <laughs> well, well it's funny because I didn't really necessarily think of it as scary and Joyful Noise was touting it as uh, the terrifying new album by David Yao yeah and I and they they did that without sort of asking me and and I said, "Well, ter- terrifying, really? It's terrifying, What?"
2: Well, I came to the same. Um, I came to the same conclusion, and I, I hadn't even read that. I, I I read it subsequently, but I I listened to it, and I was like, "It's a little." As you say, I mean, you mentioned sort of Twin Peaksy. It's it creates a kind of surreal atmosphere, to say the least.
3: Well, thank you. I I, I love that idea. I mean, you know, I I like creepy stuff. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah.
3: um And at the time time I was doing that, I mean, I've been a fan. I don't know a whole lot. I'm certainly no expert on uh, classical music, but there's a pretty fair amount of it that I like. And um, I've always been a big fan of Edvard Grieg's uh, Pier Gant Suite. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a fair amount of Edvard Grieg in there, too. Okay, Um, okay.
2: And then one of the
3: pieces, like the... um, the opening suite is divided up into five little tunes, and the fourth one of those five is um, actually a complete a, a Tchaikovsky ripoff. <laughs> oh. So I'll just come right out and say that. So
2: you're an avid classical music listener. I did not know that.
3: Um, well, I, like I say, I'm no expert, but, you know, I like, uh, I like that stuff mm. Prokofiev. And the, as a matter of fact, the first part of that opening suite is called No, Proko, because I'd played it for a friend who is a musician, an English guy, and he said uh, um, "He said it reminded him of Prokofiev, and I, which floored me. I was going, are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> my, I wrote something that makes you think of Prokofiev, and he said where Prokofiev is playful, I was horror, <laughs> and I went... Fuck yeah.
2: <laughs> so you embrace the horror and the terror, I, I presumably. I mean that's yeah. that appeals to you. Speaking of speaking of which, yeah. I I've, I've, I've actually seen photos on Facebook uh which suggest that you might be in a horror movie and I mean I hope to god it's a movie. What's the deal with that?
3: Yeah, I just got back a week or so, well, uh last week from I finished shooting a horror movie in Atlanta. Um where I play um the movie is called The Circle and uh, I play a really really evil fucked up perverted rapist murdering hillbilly redneck deputy like uh, me and my cronies have made our own sort of police force in the in the hills of this wherever it is.
0: Uh-huh.
3: and uh the uh kill a bunch of people and get killed. And it's, uh, it's a horrible gruesome mess. And, and, uh, I'm really, really excited. I had a blast shooting the movie.
2: So you have a, it's a a fairly major role. It sounds like,
3: um, I'm kind of the, I don't have a whole, a whole, there was only like three pages of, um, dialogue that I have, but I'm sort of the lead bad guy. Like, uh, you know, I kill a few people and stuff like that.
0: Are
2: there are there are there people in the film that we might know beyond you?
3: Um, they're not. They're not uh, what you would call famous. They're certainly not household words. The lead girl is this wonderful girl named Chelsea Crisp. Who? Uh, um, she's done a, a fair amount of work, but I don't know how many people are really cognizant of her. Okay. Um. Uh, you know, there's some. Uh, young, handsome, pretty people
2: in it okay, that sounds so there's you who you would self describe as ugly, and then some young, handsome people exactly yeah, yeah. Right, that's that's nice so and then... a really
3: cool looking ghoul, this guy who plays a character named Kane uh, he looks so cool. We had um not the main guy, but one of the guys who does the makeup for walking dead doing the makeup for us. And, uh, he, he burned off half my face to, uh, for this movie. And it was pretty cool looking.
2: Is, is acting this, this, this character, by the way, I'm not sure that it's that much of a stretch for you. I'm just, I'm not going to call you lazy. I I assume you put a lot of work into it, but it seems like it could fit your, it's in your wheelhouse, right? I mean, this is a character that you can relate to.
3: Well, actually, no. I mean, I can, I mean,
0: I've
3: never, I've never raped or killed anyone. Right. But, uh, and And I don't really like the idea of rape or murder, but I do like the idea of playing these characters um, but uh, in the last few years, I've been taking more and more um, acting classes and stuff like that and And now I'm getting freaked out how people want me to play you know these perverted things and like child molesters and stuff hmm. and if you depending on how you approach your acting how seriously you take it and how much of a backstory you create, uh, that could really sort of fuck you up. If yeah, you start yeah. thinking, if you start like believing that this is the way that you should behave, uh, you know, for the duration of the film, uh, i it, it kind of screws with you. It really, if you try to understand the motivation of a child molester and think that, well, the reason that I... Put my penis in little boys and little girls is because I love them. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, I, I can't see that being an easy transition to make at all. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, having seen you perform numerous times, when I heard you were getting into acting, it didn't seem like that far a, a leap. I was like, yeah. I mean, he's as I mentioned earlier, you're a charismatic guy. You you seem to enjoy performing. Acting is giving you a challenge that you probably have never encountered before in your sort of artistic life.
3: Exactly. Well, I mean, I did I, I did acting in high school, but that was about seventy five years ago. So. <laughs> okay, so you're that kind was of before the before a television film. <laughs> well,
2: uh, it it sounds like you're enjoying it, so that's great.
3: Yeah, I just uh we j I just shot a teaser trailer the day before yesterday. Um are you familiar with the movie Airplane? Yes, of course. Of course, yeah. We shot um for this uh T V show that they're trying to uh to sell to a network called Leg Room. and uh it's a comedy that takes place on an airplane and we shot it on the airplane from airplane. Oh wow. And I was so dorked out. I was so excited, I was going, I can't fucking believe i'm on this airplane you know it's, it's on a set and everything but it's so cool to have been on that airplane where you know
2: good luck we're all counting on you you know yeah no that's great. so was this like a pilot you shot uh no pun intended
3: <laughs> yes exactly um it's not a pilot as much as it's a what they call a presentation trailer or a teaser trailer which they use to try and convince someone to buy it. Oh, okay. Like, it's, it's only like 12 minutes long or so.
2: So the trailer but the trailer is for a show that doesn't quite exist yet or how does that work?
3: It's a show, yeah, right, it's a show that the the writer director uh wants to create.
2: Oh, wow. So they make the trailer before there's even wow, that seems complicated.
3: Yeah, and as, you know, as a means to uh, so that instead of going to the network executive leader, you know CEO jackasses, you can show them something as opposed to explaining it to them.
2: Right. Okay. All right. That's cool. Uh, you know, we should. Give, I want to ask you about the record again because you did some unusually unique artwork for tonight. You look like a spider. And that, as I understand, you created these like concrete slabs, right? I watched the the video. Is that that's pretty much it in a nutshell, right?
3: Um, sort of, kind of, yeah. Um, they came about when I was after the Jesus was broke up, and um, I was doing photo retouching for a living, and I had done a print, I'd done a couple of print portfolios, and I always made really fancy boxes for them with dovetail joints and all this stuff. Huh. And then I made a DVD interactive portfolio and i figured you know how can i make a cool package for this and i had the the idea of a of two pieces of cement that get uh screwed together with a bolt and this and the dvd is encased on the inside of that and so when it came time to do this record i thought well maybe i can use that just one half of it and screw the record to the back of it Huh. And so uh, that's that's what I'm doing.
2: So you did like and you yeah, made, And i What did you make like 50 of them or
3: something? Uh, well, no, I'm <laughs> right now here in the kitchen, I've got 3 in front of me that I'm putting the bottom, the felt on the bottoms of them, but I've made uh, 19 and I have 31 to go. Oh man. So it's a, it's a, <laughs> It's a lot of work.
2: <laughs> it's a fairly labor intensive thing. Well, that that's kind of cool. I that's, I mean, I saw it. I got to tell you I ordered the Limited edition, multicolored vinyl or whatever. I did. I couldn't. I couldn't uh-huh. justify. I should have maybe. Should I have ordered the concrete slab? I just don't even know where I'd put that thing.
3: On a shelf.
2: I know, but it's I got that
3: big. It's only. It's only. It's six inches wide, uh, inch and a half deep, and nine inches tall.
2: Oh. Oh. Okay. I probably could have. Damn it. I, it's all sold out, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. Within eight hours, it was sold out, which I thought was really cool.
2: Well, that's great. I mean, people, it's a cool idea. You know, actually, it seems to me that if you consider the its music, its connection to, as I mentioned, film scores, which I know you didn't necessarily make that connection, but uh, the artwork, this record, to me, it kind of seems to bridge all of your artistic worlds together in, in a pretty cool way. Do you see this as some kind of I mean, it's hard for you to see it this way, but it it, appeal, it appears to me to be like an almost like an all-encompassing statement from David Yao. Does that make any sense to you?
3: Yeah, it does. That, I, that hadn't really occurred to me, but that makes sense to me. You know, like it, you can consider these things sculptures, and um, as they've been going along, I've been trying to sort of vary them up a lot, and uh, <laughs> that started by about a week or two ago. I had a really, I don't know where they were coming from, but there were a lot of flies in my house. And they were, they were big, shiny, green abdomen flies, you know.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***
0: are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass-
1: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
3: Those ones, okay? but they were were slow and stupid and easy to kill. And so I killed about 30 of them and I've been sprinkling them down into the mold before I put the cement in. (laughs) And uh, so it looks really cool. Like, you know. You can see like twelve flies or something smashed in there with the cement. Oh wow, and then i've been I've also been uh, putting um, hair and uh, other dead insects and nails and rust and dirt and so they all they all look uh, similar but uh, different. And how, I, I like
2: that. How liberating is it for you to do something like this in sort of instead of going the sort of standard mass production route?
3: Um, wow, I, uh,
2: I... (laughs) Exciting, how, how stimulating, I mean... It
3: is, it is fun, and I, and I've been really pleased, I, everyone, I really like every one of them, uh, um, but it, it it is a lot of work, I mean, from start to finish, it takes a couple days to make one, and I can have, I can be making several, you know, at the same time, but they have to... They have to completely set up and dry, and uh, before you can, I put a couple of coats coats of shellac on them, mm-hmm. and then felt on the bottom and the back, and um, uh, it is a lot of work. and And recently, I've been so busy with just stuff that uh, I kind of wish that I had all fifty of them done right now because. I just ain't gotten it's really gotten into my drinking time,
0: right,
2: of course, I can see that how can't you do first of all, can't you do both or would that that might not be a good thing, I guess
3: <laughs> I would forget stuff I'd forget to put the bolt in or you know, I'd, you know I'd, I'd forget to add water to the cement or something so wait a minute,
2: how long does it take you to make one? did you? I don't know if you said that i, I how long? how well,
3: from it... the time that from the time that I pour the cement uh it's probably. I can't really put it in the box until about two or three days later.
2: Oh wow. Okay. So th- But I can
3: have several going at a time. Like if I pour one, I've only got one mold. If I pour one, then in about an hour I can pour another one. Oh so, okay. you know, during the course of a day I can do six is the most I've done in one day.
2: Six. Wow. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's good. I, 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 as I say, I wish I'd gotten one. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the people, the fifty people that got them. That's it's it. And but at the same time, they gotta wait. They gotta wait for you to get done.
3: Um, they'll they'll all be out by the end of the month.
2: Okay. All right. Cool.
3: It's funny though because I don't I don't really expect. I mean, I like the record and I'm proud of it, but I really don't expect other people to. And I think it's, I think it's a particularly funny. Um. That, you know, 50 people spend $150 to get this uh, this big brick with their record, and they're going to get it and, and hate it and go, well, at least I got this fucking $150 brick.
2: <laughs> they're not going to hate the record. I tell you, they're not going to hate it. I'm sure, you know, there was a sample track before you, you, you had to order. So I'm sure if people heard that, they'd be like, oh, this is going to be different. This is going to be weird. And uh so yeah. I, I think it's all right. I think you I think people know what they're in for a little bit. At the same time, for those of you who haven't heard it yet, uh, you don't know what you're in for. Let me let me say both things, just to cover all our bases.
3: Yeah, well I hope folks like it, but I can't expect them
2: to. Sure, sure. You can't that's true of anything though. That's almost true of, exactly. of, of anything. Uh yes. David, I was watching TV the other day and I saw this uh American Express commercial starring Carrie Brownstein of Portlandia and sleater Kinney, and at one point I thought I heard the Jesus Lizard song "Mistletoe" playing for like three seconds. Do you know anything about this?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, I don't remember uh, uh, chiming in with the rest of the band like we always. We get these emails from our lawyer and stuff saying, "Hey, this these people want to use the song for whatever." Um, I honestly don't remember uh, saying yes or no, or uh, I don't like it or I love it to uh, American Express, but. Um, I, I must have. Okay. <laughs> I must have located because because uh, it has to go through all four of us. So, um, or you know, it could be that they all said yeah, and I said no. We're pretty democratic that way. I don't. I don't. I honestly don't remember.
2: Do you? Is this? So you've been approached by sort of commercial entities before, or whatever advertising agencies, and for the most part of you said no. Yourself. Um.
3: Well, no. Usually, it more than. Advertising companies—it's been more like uh, for TV shows and uh, some of the occasional movie and stuff like that.
0: Oh, okay. Which I don't really have
3: a problem with. Um, honest, honestly, I—I am—I'm uh, a little embarrassed that uh, we have a song on a American Express commercial, but I'm not going to let it bother me.
2: Okay. There are people, uh, mostly on the Electrical Audio forum, who have suggested that hearing your music in a credit card commercial is disappointing. It sounds like. It is for you as well,
3: <laughs> well, say love, you know, yeah people people have people have such particularly on electrical audio folks uh, they they have really strong opinions and they oftentimes they know not what they speak about
2: mm-hmm and and in this case, you feel like this was just a decision the band made. It's kind of it. Have you seen the commercial yet? No, I haven't. Okay, it's just like three seconds. She's in a, she's in a record store. And, and, and initially, I wasn't even sure it was your song. It seemed like it had been treated, but I'm like, no, that's, that's clearly Mistletoe. So I, I, maybe you should check it out at some point uh, and, and see for yourself.
3: I do think it's funny that they would choose that song. I mean, God, I don't even like that song. <laughs> it's so it's hard to listen to. It's funny they would pick that one.
2: Why don't you like that song?
3: Uh, um, (laughs) uh, it never, it just, it never appealed to me very much.
0: Huh.
2: Okay. That's, by the way, your voice is not included in the, it's just like an instrumental fragment.
3: Oh, thank God.
2: Yeah, you're not, you're actually, you yourself are kind of not involved.
3: Yeah, see?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Jesus Lizard, speaking of the Jesus Lizard, you guys are playing an All Tomorrow's Party show. In Australia this October, I, I understand. How did that come about?
3: Um, well, you know, we did that reenactment tour a few years ago, I think in 2009 or whenever that was. And um, that was all spurred on by uh, Barry, who runs All Tomorrow's Parties. And um, when we were doing that, you know, playing the U.S. and Europe, um, I wanted to go to Australia and Japan because I always loved going down there. And, Um, Our booking agent said there wasn't enough interest,
0: Uh Um,
3: so we didn't do it. And then I guess um, somehow Barry and his his partner Sean, I'm assuming, um, were able to conjure up enough interest down there that we could do that, and we're playing a show with them. No, I think the breeders are on that, and I think the scientists, and I don't know who all.
2: Yeah, I believe the. And then we're doing a. I believe it was curated by the breeders, which suggests that they may have asked you to play somehow.
3: Oh! Oh! Wow! That's cool.
2: Yeah, uh, that's my understanding. Um, I could be wrong, but that's my understanding.
3: Uh, that'd be great. That'd, that'd be flattering. Yeah. And then I think uh, I think also around that time, I think that we're doing some shows in New Zealand hopefully Japan, and then there's talk of possibly um, uh, going to do some things in South America, which would really spin my prop. I've never been to South America, and I'd love to go to, like, Chile and Brazil and stuff.
2: Oh, wow. So, in a sense, because I think you and I have spoken a few times, so I can't keep track of this, but I believe the last time we spoke, it may have been... After the Jesus Lizard uh, reenactment tour, it must have been for the Scratch Acid sort of tour that you did again. Anyway, at that point, you'd suggested, yeah, I don't know that I want to do the Jesus Lizard again. I think this will be it. But it sounds like if things come, you know, if pe- the right requests come through, you guys are, are contemplating them.
1: Yeah, Um
3: Well, even when the the idea first came around, I wasn't very excited about the idea. I thought, you know, come on, we broke up a long time ago. We're not a band. We don't have anything new to offer. Yeah. I, I didn't really see the point in it. But the other three guys really wanted to. And, you know, it's not my place to nick something if all three of them want to do it. And then so I said, yeah, and we ended up doing it. And it was so much fun, I couldn't believe it. And it was great to hang out with them again. So it was really, it was really a much much better time than I expected. And um, not to mention, I made more money that year than I'd ever made in my life.
0: <laughs> and uh,
3: which is, you know, that's a pretty cool bonus, really. Yeah. What do and, you, uh,
2: what, what do you make of that? I mean, the uh, so bands like yours are of a certain, I guess, vintage, if for lack of a better term. You know, you're from uh, an era, maybe twenty twenty years ago, maybe less. Uh, and there seems to be a lot of that going around this sort of renewed interest not even renewed it's as you say it's it's a it's actually it's high it's higher you you're higher profile than maybe you were at the time that you were a going unit you know you're actually pulling in more people and more money what what is going on why do you think that's happening
3: I don't really know what to attribute that to I'm, I'm assuming that it's the internet and the uh, the speed with which communication has sort of uh, moves. Like, for instance, the first ATP that I was aware of was when uh, Slint played in Camber Sands in England and um, I'm pretty good buddies with those guys, so I went over there for that show and saw that I mean, they played in Louisville before that, but that was sort of their first real show. And when they were in a band, when they were a band in whatever, 88, 89, and 90, I don't think they ever played them more than, you know... Seventy-five or a hundred people, and now and and well, then whenever that was, two thousand six or five or whatever, um, they're so huge and like this outrageously um, uh, um, influential. Yeah. And uh, I, I I can only assume that it's the the internet.
2: I I I sort of attribute this to the internet as well. I feel like but I feel like I for some for some reason uh people maybe they're like me, maybe they're younger, they're bringing bands back to life. And it's kind of frightening. That I don't know how they're doing it, but they're resurrecting bands just by sheer <laughs> will. And it's it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of scary.
3: Yeah, it's, you know, it's a yeah, I, I don't I don't think about it that much. <laughs> yeah. So I so I haven't. Um, I don't really know exactly what to say about it, but uh, I don't know. It's it's weird for me. Like I do enjoy doing those shows that we did with Jesus, the Lord, and and Scratch Acid, but it's weird to me. Like old guys doing stuff that they like, particularly Scratch Acid. Jesus Christ, we wrote those songs. Some of them like thirty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Um. So, I don't know, I mean, we uh, a blind person probably would think we're better.
2: Yeah, no, honestly, I, I got to say, you know, having seen the Jesus lizard many times back in the day, seeing you in 2009, I don't want to say you were better, but you were definitely, you know what, you might have been better. It was, it was weird. And I don't know if that says something about my perspective as well, right? And your perspective has changed. You know, we're all different. So, but... But man, it was it was ferocious and you seemed hungry. Like you seemed like you know, cuz I the last couple of shows you guys would have played in Toronto, there wasn't the same energy, not from the band necessarily. Of, of course, we're forgetting one thing here, Mac McNeely. The last few times Exactly. I worked,
3: once once Mac was gone, it was just his fucking job.
2: Right. And then and and I don't know that that necessarily came across from a performance standpoint, but I think, you know, the crowds were kind of a bit it was a bit fewer people were showing up and I it, 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 I didn't know what was going on. And then the band stopped, and then you came back, and Mac was back, and it was like the, the real band, and it was crazy. It was crazy how into it everyone okay.
3: was. Yeah, and it was and it was a blast to hang out with those guys. I hadn't seen Mac, I hadn't seen her talk to Mac in twelve years.
2: Before and, uh, b- before yeah. the reunion or reenactment, as you call it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Before before we went to practice, and we kind of all convened in Nashville, and and uh, practice there.
2: But don't, don't you love him? Aren't, aren't you kind of... You, you... <laughs> with,
3: with all my heart and soul. <laughs>
2: you, you love him, so that must have been hard to not see him for that long.
3: It was terrible. I mean, it was, he kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, he had some sort of demons and issues and stuff that he had to deal with, and in doing so, he cut out a lot of people from his life. Yeah. And, um, that was really hard to deal with, and, uh, you know, eventually, eventually, I just sort of well, okay, he's not going to talk to me, and so that that's that. But then when we started communicating about doing this reunion, and I think I, I think this is in the press as well, where Mac and I were talking on the phone, and I said, you know, when I see you, I'm just, <laughs> I said I'm just going to cry like a baby, but <laughs> instead we we first saw each other in uh Dwayne Dennison's front yard, and uh, we. <laughs> We just giggled. We, we hugged and giggled. It was great.
2: <laughs> that's great to hear. No, I, I the, yeah, that's awesome. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. I've actually heard that some members of the Jesus Lizard are eager to write new music again. Are you one of these members?
3: Write new music for the Jesus Lizard?
2: Yes, that's right. No. <laughs> why? Why is that? Why don't you want to? Why don't you want to write new songs together? You you you've had so much fun. Playing together again? Why not? Why not uh, write again?
3: I don't have any any musical desire right now at all. I mean, even the solo record, you know, I finished it uh, uh, six years ago, and um, I just I'm I'm not interested. I don't have any drive for creating music.
2: None that seems so shocking to me we We've just talked about how much fun you had making the the concrete bricks for the record, and uh, this record is
3: well that that is fun, but that's not making music and, right. you know doing the and and doing the reenactment shows is kind of you know we're not creating anything it's just you know it's reenactment and it's fun hanging out with the guys and you know drinking some beers, although they don't drink you nearly know, as much as they should um <laughs> Uh, you know, but no, I, I, you know, I, I think the occasional musical projects will come up. Um, I did a few songs with Quee at the end of, uh, 2012 and stuff like that will happen every now and then, but I, I definitely don't want to do music like full or even really part-time. I'm much more interested now in, uh, in acting.
2: Yeah, no, and and you've mentioned that before, and and I totally appreciate that. It just seems like the Jesus Lizard do have some plans coming up, and I know that some members have sort of said like it would be nice and a bit less boring to try to play some brand new songs, but that's just not your mode. That's just not part of your interest right now.
3: Yeah, um, well, well, we'll we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> I,
2: I... <laughs> I don't want to get in the middle of a a band discussion I just I've read this and I'm just Did you,
3: you know um, the do you know the publishing company Akashic that is run by Johnny Temple from Girls Against Boys
2: that's right you've got a big Jesus Lizard book that was supposed to come out this year what, what's going on with that thing
3: uh, it's still coming out I think it's going to come out around the time that we do those reenactment shows in October so it should be out I think it's the end of October beginning of November kind of thing and uh, it's really good it's a it's a photo
2: book. It's like a coffee table book or something.
3: Yeah, with a, a whole bunch of pictures, um, stuff written by all four of us, and uh, written contributions from a, a plethora of, of people ranging from you know Mike Watt and Alex Hackett to uh, uh, Gee from Fugazi, and uh, just. All kinds of folks.
2: Yeah, I was very interested in that book coming out uh, when I thought it was, and then I think it got pushed back or something.
3: Yeah, there were a whole lot of delays. It's 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 very difficult to do a project like that where um, all four of us are busy with other stuff, and you know, there's things that need to be uh, approved and changed, and so it took a whole lot longer than anybody anticipated. But now. Um, there were just emails floating around a couple of days ago about the very, very final aspects
2: of it. Oh, cool. So. Well, cool. I look, and it's a great uh, publishing house as well. So, uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm hoping to pick up a copy of that. Everyone should pick up a copy. David, we've covered uh, your new solo album. We've covered some of your acting and roles. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Are you, are you satisfied? Um. Okay. There's
3: one other thing. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Um. If you go to uh, david dot net um, that 's my sort of drawing and painting website and I just recently put some uh, cat pun drawings up there and uh Akashic is also going to do a um a book of my cat puns
2: cat puns can which you I'm g- really excited can of. you give us uh, I know you mentioned them as drawings is there some way you can give us some kind of flavor for what what some of these cat puns yeah it's
3: like the criteria for the drawings is pretty much anywhere C-A-T shows up in the English language. Um, it's an illustration of that, like, you know, catatonic is the picture of a, a drunk cat with a tonic <laughs> in front of it. Or um, category is a picture of a cat sitting on a um, railroad track and his guts are spilling out. Oh, no. And, you know, oh, no. a cat, catamaran is like a, a cat in the water with two... Sort of, uh, you know, boat-like things under him, and cat nipped is a, a picture of a cat and with an exploded uh, view of his nipple, and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs>
2: All right, that sounds awesome. When's that coming out?
3: um I have to. Ha- there's going to be somewhere on eighty of them, and uh-huh. I have to have those finished by the end of September. Okay. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know when the book will be out, but you know. I think books take longer than records, so they, they can. I don't know if it'll be this year or not.
2: You're a very busy man, David. I I, I can't uh, thank you enough for making so much time for me today. Oh
3: no problem, my pleasure.
2: I want to let people know that the new David Yale LP is called "Tonight You Look Like a Spider." You can learn more about how to hear and purchase it at JoyfulNoiseRecordings.com. dot com. And uh, David, thanks for the talk. Uh, it, it's it's always a pleasure.
3: All right, well, thank you,
2: Vish. Yeah, no no problem. Oh. David, if I wanted to play a song from your new record right now, what what would you suggest?
3: Roundhouse.
2: <laughs> why why does sorry, why does Roundhouse come to mind?
3: Mm, it's relatively accessible <clears throat> and it's got sort of a it's got sort of steel drums in it for those fans of uh you know, world music. <laughs> it's kind of my, you know, Talking Heads meets Paul Simon kind of thing.
2: Okay. David it's uh, it's great uh, I always like talking to you and I, I thank you for uh, all your time today
3: sure thing we'll take care and uh, until next time
1: from my vantage point at to the top of the hill I was able
3: to see that the enemy had been completely undivided I will be
2: Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H, K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph,